ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this podcast, we're going to take it back. We're going back to 1990. September 14th, 1990. On that day, LL Cool J released his album, Mama Said Knock You Out. And we're going to break down this album. We're going to talk about the tracks. We're going to talk about LL, his career. And we're actually going to debate whether or not LL Cool J is the GOAT. And of course, I've got my man, Eclectic. He's back in the house. So sit tight. After the break, we will present to you Mama Said Knock You Out 30 years later on the 12 Kyle podcast. Let's get it. And just like that, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. And uh, as you can tell from the uh, the notes and the uh, heading, you click the link so you already know the vibes. Uh, we are taking it back. We're going back to September 14th, 1990. On that day, LL Cool J dropped Mama Said Knock You Out. Um, and we're going to break it down, man. We're going to talk about LL. We're going to talk about the tracks and everything and, and his influence and everything. And you know, who's in the building. Mm-hmm. I mean, the man needs no introduction. He's here uh, 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 damn near all the time. My man, E Clayton <laughs> is back in the house. E what's good, man. You're everybody back. Throw your hands in the air and wave them. Like you just don't care. And keep them there. Run the jewels. <laughs> Run the jewels. Run the jewels. What's good, man. What's good. Man, shit, man, I'm loving this, man. I'm loving life, man. People still locked down, so they're staying away from me. Um, I'm on the podcast talking hip hop. Um, I did um, hear. Uh, I did get some bad news right before we um, we started recording. Um, Rolling Stone put out this bullshit list <laughs> <laughs> about the five. Greatest hip hop albums of all time, but I'm I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to heal, man. I'm trying I'm trying to heal beyond that. So uh, I'm 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 here. Um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rap about uh, Mama said knock you out. I don't know how long um, this podcast is gonna be, but I'm just gonna uh, guess it's gonna be more than six minutes of pleasure. Oh yeah, no question, no question, no question. Well, if if any of you been following, you know how. I feel about LL. And you know how this yeah. man feels about LL. <laughs> no, no one knows whatever you feel about LL is wrong. I love LL. No, you don't. Yeah, I love LL. Lady, ladies do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> ladies love him. Ladies love him. Right. No, no, you don't. You don't. You're a hater. I love LL. Um, but my man over here, he you know, he's he's proclaimed on several podcasts that LL is the GOAT. So this probably will be the eclectic discussion podcast. Uh, this probably will be a version of the Tweet Rhymes Life, the Encyclopedia Hip Hop podcast, because my man over here is going to do a boatload of the talking because he loves LL. But I'm going to talk to um, 
nonetheless, man, let's let's take it back, man. September 14th, 1990. But before we get into that, okay. I was first introduced to LL. I want to say Thanksgiving. <laughs> it had to be like what, 84, 85 uh, and Crush Groove. That's the first time I saw him. Didn't know who he was, but he made a grand entrance into this into the uh, on the movie. And um, I was like, man, who does this dude? This dude's pretty dope. Um, what were your first memories of James Todd Smith? Mm, so that's an odd question. Um, the reason why I say it's an odd question is because the first time I heard LL Cool J was 84, I Need a Beat. Um, mm. uh, this is back when you would go to, where well, I would go to the record store and the the guy, so this particular record store would have a DJ. The the dude that worked behind the, the counter was basically a DJ, and he had turntables up on the counter, mm-hmm. and he would spin the joints. But if you gave him $10, he'd make you a tape of all the new joints that came out. And so, and this is in the 80s. This is, this is 84. <laughs> and so... You know, I ain't had $10, but I knew people that had $10. So anyway, tape, blah, 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 blah. Heard the joint. Then, um, LL Cool J Radio was actually the first hip-hop album I ever purchased with my own money. Okay. That, that was my, that was the first album I got. And, and... The story goes, which I'm I'm probably gonna tell this story again if I haven't already before. The story goes, I had some money, went to the store, and this is this is eighty this is eighty five, and I was I was still am in love with Roxanne Shante. Mm-hmm. So I go in, I look up on the wall, there's an album with Roxanne Shante and Sparky D on the cover with boxing gloves. <laughs> now, anyone who's been out there in the street at this time knows that Roxanne Shante and Sparky D was beefing. Um, um, Sparky made Roxanne get through. And, you know, you can't say, you can't tell Roxanne she through. Anyway, so they on the cover, boxing gloves. I'm like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. I need this in my life. All of My whole life centered around the Roxanne Wars around this time. So I grabbed the album, turned it over, looked in the back, and it was just, it didn't seem like Roxanne and Sparky D was on all the songs. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't like this. And then I looked, and it was an album cover with a big-ass radio on it. And at the time, carrying a radio, I probably had a radio in my hand at that point. That's that's what you do. And you wanted the best looking radio. This radio was dope. I said, you know, let me see that. And so I grabbed the joint. I was like, damn, the radio's dope. I flipped it over. And my man is standing there with Jordans on. Mm. I'm like, yo. And then I read, and it says, I need a beat. I think it said, I need a beat remix. I was like, oh, this is that dude. I need- see, back then... <laughs> Back then, you didn't know right. who this is. This is back when Eric B and Rakim came out, and people thought that Eric B was the rapper. Right. It was it was the whole thing, <laughs> you know. This is this was pre videos. It was no video for none of these people, and so I, I need to be didn't have a video. Um, matter of fact, um, to keep it on topic, LL didn't have his first video till 1987. Wow, when I'm bad. 
he didn't even have a video, and he told me why he didn't have a video, but that's something else. That's right. He tweeted me. Okay. So, um, so anyway, I copped that joint, and um, and of course, yeah, I saw him in Crush Groove, um, and it made sense then because I had the song, I had the album. <laughs> and I was like, I know, I know who that is, and I know what song he's about to do. Right. Because <laughs> I got it. So, but yeah, um, that was that was my, as you say, introduction. To when was I introduced <laughs> um, to to LL Cool J man? He was the first. He was the first joint that I bought, and um, and that I played that album out. Right. I mean, it had physical grooves in the album when because <laughs> I bought the album. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy the cassette. Mm-hmm. I bought the album. Mm-hmm. So when, yeah, when I say album, I mean the vinyl. I bought the vinyl. I had the vinyl. Wow. So yeah, so that's that's how it went down. No doubt, no doubt. And so this album, like I said, it comes out <clears throat> September fourteenth, nineteen ninety. Man, it's hard to believe mm. it's been thirty years for this album. So say you. I still think that the nineties <laughs> was just over. So, yeah, but it feels like it though. It it, it doesn't. And, and even going back and listening to it, and we'll we'll get into it a little bit deeper. But even listening to it now, it does not feel old. It feels still in the present um you know why don't you why is that goat (laughs) this guy uh so my next question for you okay ll started on the lead single mama Mm -hmm. said knock you out Mm -hmm. he said "Mm -hmm." he started off by saying don't call it a comeback Mm -hmm. so a lot of people mm-hmm. thought that this would be his comeback or they kind of labeled this as his comeback album because they did not think Walking with the Panther, which was LL's album that came out in 1989, was up to par. So LL mm-hmm. comes back a, a year later and he says, OK, hey, don't call it a comeback. Like this ain't my comeback album. Basically, like after his first two albums, no, I didn't fall off on my third album. You know, it wasn't as well received as the others. Um, mm-hmm. You can make a case that his first two albums mm-hmm. are classics, mm-hmm. and Walking with the Panther wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, listening to Mama Said Knock You Out is this album a quote-unquote comeback album? Oh, um, this is the first of I want to say. Um, three comebacks that LL's had. Okay. Um, this is the way I choose to look at it. Uh, oh, to answer your question, yes. Okay. Um, like I said, I believe this is the first of three. Um, radio and bigger mm-hmm. and deafer. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't care to argue with people who would argue. <laughs> that they are not classics i don't care to argue with those people i would just listen and not because mm-hmm. it's when not worth the time no and i'm right so <laughs> when walking with the panther came out which i liked but i recognize <laughs> what i recognize mm-hmm. it was off this this is the way i choose to look at it bigger and deafer had i need love right i need love 
crossed over in a way that no one could have possibly imagined. Mm-hmm. And it didn't cross. And the thing is, it didn't cross over like um, walk this way crossed right. over, where it was clearly an intention on crossing over. Mm-hmm. They did an arrow. They said, "Now nah, here, come on, we want y'all as an audience too." Dude just made a song, and it just blew up. And it wasn't like, oh, he. He had two love songs on radio on his first album. Right. So it's not like, oh, look what. No, he, that song just happened to blow. So once that happened and he became super sex symbol guy, most of Walking with a Panther was dedicated to women. Mm-hmm. And, and then while that was happening, he still had some lingering disses out there <laughs> yes and people took that as an opportunity like oh shit he ain't paying no attention he on the women let's get him mm-hmm. and so he had to go through that whole that whole time you know rocking with that album at 89 and he was like oh shit and he came back in 1990 because you got to think about it Radio came out in 85. He took two years off and 87 gave you Bigger and Deffer. Yep. Took two years off and gave you Walking with a Panther. And people started being like, yo. Like, nope. I'll be back in a few months. <laughs> and he was back. <laughs> <laughs> he came back in September of 1990. Like, nah, nah, nah. Here yeah. I come. Yeah, I come. Here, here it is. So so if you if you really wanna if you wanna look at it. It all makes sense when I break it down like that. People's like, nah, he done went soft. He's on the whim, man. He's like, oh, no, hold on. Here I come. Yeah, he, I'm not going to wait two more years. Right, here I come. He, he came. And, and, and to your point, and I want to kind of illustrate this to people who, particularly those who may or may, or may not have been around at that time or a younger generation, the standard that he just broke down. Yeah, you would drop an album and then your next album wouldn't come out for another two, maybe three years. Yeah, because you were trying to make good music. You also, you also, you, you also need a break. <laughs> yeah. you, not only do you need you need a break, but you're like, yo, let me not just write some shit and be like, not nah, here. You want to make sure it's good. Mm-hmm. You might want to, you might want to go do some shows, perform, make some money, and maybe do a couple of verses live just to see what the reception is. But yeah, I'm gonna put that on the next album. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because also you gotta understand at this point in time there's no internet. So mm-hmm. you could go do a show in Poughkeepsie, do three verses of Mama Said Knock You Out, and unless you was in that show, you never heard it. Mm-hmm. And they and the people that was at that show didn't couldn't go online like, yo, LL just had some <laughs> wild <laughs> No, and they don't know what the name of the song is, so it was just, it was just gone. It was just what it is. He could have did the whole album, in in South Carolina, but nobody nobody in Charleston would know. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, <laughs> and that's a good point because it's, it's like you said, it you took your time. It was about being dope. It was about quality, and I think given the fact that he did not wait another two years after walking with the Panther, uh, you know, so I will agree with you to answer the question. I think it was a comeback album, but I don't think, I didn't think walking with the Panther was that bad. Me neither. I liked it. 
I thought of, I don't know if maybe it's just because I was a fan, but even going back and listening to it now, it's some stuff on there that I'm like, uh, okay, I can kind of see where people, but I don't. It was some stuff. It was some stuff I thought that at the time, but right, still, I was like, right. that's a solid album. Exactly. Man. It was like, we, we it was like 18 tracks. Exactly. It, we were fans, and I think part of the issue with Walking with the Panther was that it wasn't radio or bigger and deafer. So you know, it it was gonna it was gonna come up short anyway any you know any way you slice it so um i think that was and and i mean that that happens that type of thing happens Mm -hmm. um but this album man this this album like i said comes out september 14th 1990 i have a story about (laughs) when i first heard it um and and you and i talked about it i'm I'm gonna talk touch on it a little bit but i want to hear your version of do you remember where you were or when you got it or maybe like the first time that you or the first couple of runs, you know, your first experience listening to this album. Um, I did not purchase it when it came out. OK, I, I copped it from someone. I want to I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I copped it from someone and. I cut school to listen to it. Oh, wow. I went home. Oh, shit. I went home and threw it in the, and threw it in the stereo. I was like, "Nah, I got, I got to, I got to go, got to go listen to it." And did, um, did your mom know that you got school to listen? No. What was what's the point <laughs> of cutting school you. if you're gonna tell your mother? <laughs> she didn't catch me until months later. <laughs> so, <laughs> that also happened. Um, uh, but um, I remember, I remember looking at the cover like, "Man, I don't want to see this." <laughs> and then. Um, because uh, truth be told, I was not a huge fan of the title track. Really? And it's not because the title track was bad, no pun intended, mm-hmm. but it was because it was just, everyone liked it. It was too popular. I was okay, like, man, exactly. shut up, man. That's, exactly. that's my dude. <laughs> I knew him first. <laughs> shut I up. Knew him yeah. first. Nah, remember he was white when he made two different worlds. <laughs> shut up. So, um, um, but first hearing it, I mean, it was just like, wow, <laughs> he's back. Jack the Ripper's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, this is incredible. Um, it was nothing. It was no, um, um, uh, uh, going back to Cali on it. Mm-hmm. It was no, um, I'm that type of guy, even though I like, I'm that type of guy, but it wasn't anything on there that it was like uh it wasn't anything on that album that i said oh i could see how the video for this would be mm-hmm. <laughs> or it wasn't nothing on there that was like yeah they probably everyone's gonna be on this song because i couldn't even really believe that everyone loved mama said knock you out because mama said knock you out is not a commercial song mm-hmm. it was just so dope and it was him that it turned into a commercial song. It's a difference between when people make stuff for the radio like they do all the time now and sometimes back then and when something is just organically dope and people just like now we gotta play this. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is it. He didn't he didn't make a roundaway girl for he made a roundaway girls for roundaway girls. Mm-hmm. He Facts. didn't make it for Facts. he didn't make it for yo let me let me let me give you let me give you this so you put on the radio. It just happened. Mm-hmm. Boom! It's it. 
So anyway, um, but no, nah, the first time I heard it, was, I, I received it well. I loved it. I was a big fan, um, and it gave it gave me um, the breakthrough from bigger and deafer vibes. Mm, mm, good point. Good point. Um, yeah, man, I agree. I think uh, <laughs> I I I bought the tape when it came out, and we we talked about this on the on on the college podcast we did on yours. Um, my first listens, I was actually on a recruiting trip. I played football in high school and eventually ended up playing football in college. And, um, me and like, what was it? Three of my other high school teammates, we went on a recruiting visit. Now I'm from Florence, South Carolina. We went on a recruiting visit to Fayetteville State University. It's a small, historically black college in Fayetteville, North Carolina. It's about maybe about an hour and a half from Florence, right? So we get in the car. We get in my man's car, and we're riding. And I was like, yo, put this LL in. <clears throat> so I put the, L- <clears throat> excuse me, put the LL in, and that was my first listen, just riding with my, with my teammates. And I was blown away. I was just like, yo. I, I I remember not saying like he was back because I didn't think he like fell off. So I never thought like LL's back. But, you know, we we just I just remember that weekend, man. We played that tape all weekend long. I had a little cassette player, a little Walkman headset. So when we were on the campus at Fayetteville State, you know, during this recruiting process, you know, I, I remember having my headphones with me. Um one of the reasons why I took to that album, one, because it was a great album, but also I needed that album to distract me from Fayetteville State University. <laughs> and I'm not here to bash Fayetteville State University. I'm sure it's a great university. It just wasn't the school for me. Oh, so, how dare you! See, I mean, you know, I mean, that's why people can't have nothing. I mean, I mean, at some point, you probably should cut your grass. Uh, at some point, you probably shouldn't have pros- pros- prospective student athletes sleeping on pissy mattresses. I mean, that's that's the college life, <laughs> no, I mean, put me up in a hotel, man. I no, I don't have to be in a five star hotel. No. But anyway, I digress. Um, shout out to Fayetteville State. Shout out to all my HBCUs. Anyway. Um, so I, did, I didn't go to Fairville State, but that tape kept me sane throughout the weekend and I played it all weekend. And I just remember getting home and I was just like calling my boys like, yo, this LL is crazy. And, um, it, it, this album always resonated, man. I think, um, I think one of the things that stood out to me was, you know, not just his work with Marley Maul who produced, you know, the album, but he was, like you said, it, there was nothing that was contrived for radio. Um, a roundaway girl was for the roundaway girls. It wasn't like you could you could look back at you know like you said walking with the panther, or maybe even some of the earlier stuff and say okay well I can understand that maybe they had this in mind for this to go to radio this to cross over. None of this stuff. I mean like there's no there's no radio tracks on this album. It's it's a street album, and you get rhyming ass LL Cool J. And I think at that particular time, hip hop was shifting and LL wanted people to, he wanted to remind people that 
one yeah he was a sex symbol because i mean you see the cover <laughs> but he was still rhyming ass james todd smith from queens and um that's that's one of the things that stood out to me about this album man yeah um 90 91 and 92 were the transitional years of hip hop. Mm-hmm. They were those were the weird years of hip hop. Coming off the strong 88 and 89 kind of kind of eased us into it. Once 90 specifically 90 and 91 is it was it was odd cuz you had you had um genres and subgenres of hip hop and waves clashing and all mixed together. It wasn't just one, you know, we on this and this and this. It was a lot of this. I mean, you the same time that Mama Said Knock You Out came out, G Rap had Wanted Dead or Alive. Mm-hmm. But also People's Instinctive came out. Mm-hmm. But also X Clan came out. But also <laughs> Short Dogs in the House came out. But also Edutainment by KRS One came out. But also Sex Packets. <laughs> so it was all kind of. It was just. It was a weird time. I mean, it was. But nine to ten, it was an eclectic time. <laughs> it was a lot right. of different, a lot of different things. I mean, even the year after, while you had "Quick" as the name, but "Niggas for Life" came out. But then also "A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing" by Black Sheep. Yep. And then like "Dale the Funky Homo Sapien" would come out. But and then "Nice and Smooth." And then we can't be stopped by the Ghetto Boys. But then the leaders of the new school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Peaceful Journey by Heavy D shows yep. up. It was, just, it was just a weird time. <laughs> and so uh, LL coming out, dropping this album, showing people, yo, I'm dope in any era. Right. Whatever, whatever era you got, I got it. So, And the other thing, which is, which is crazy... And this is again, this is, is goat status stuff right here. <laughs> this guy. Because he dropped this joint, what you say, September September 14th, 1990. At this point, at this point, he's been rapping for six years. Yes. <laughs> six. It doesn't feel six. like it though. <laughs> so I mean, Jesus Christ, man. What are we doing, man? And he's like 22. Right. (laughs) Man, come on, man. He's already a grizzled vet in 1990. Mm -hmm. This is his his fourth album in 1990. And he sounds just as hungry as he did on the first album. If not hungrier, because right. people, because his 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 grandmother said something to him. <laughs> you stupid! <laughs> I tell you what, man, this is a great place to take a quick commercial break. We'll hear from LL, and uh, on the other side of the break, man, we're gonna talk about this album. We'll break down the tracks. So sit tight, me and E will be back. You are listening to the Twelve Kyle Podcast. We'll be back in just a second. You know, I just do my thing. You know, I mean, I need love. I'm bad. Going back to Cali, there is no style. I'm too diversified to have a style. 
Sometimes I'm a southpaw, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I kick in the ring. I don't know, you know, I just do my thing. It's really no science to the way I do this. You know, it's really, really no science to LL Cool J. I just do what I gotta do. I do what I feel. The way I got on Def Jam was, it really wasn't a Def Jam. It was um, Def Jam Productions had put out a record by a guy named Tila Rock. And it was, um, I believe it was being distributed by Spring something, some, le some label, I don't remember what label. Anyway, you know, Rick Rubin didn't want to put another record out on that label because he had problems getting his money from the distributors. So he decided to form his own label. So he went to Russell with the idea. Russell tossed it around and wasn't really too interested when he heard the first demo. So we went back in the studio and made another record called I Need a Beat. Russell liked that record, so they formed the label. And I put my 12-inch out, and the 12-inch started doing good. It was getting requests on some of the radio stations around the country, and it was do really doing all right. Video was definitely a big part of this. The proof is Crush Groove. I mean, you know, that's video, it's film, it was in the movies, but at still, you know, that was the first time the public seen me doing my thing on film, seen me doing my thing. You know, I just do my thing. You know, I mean, I need love, I'm bad. Going back to Cali, there is no style. I'm too diversified to have a style. Sometimes I'm a southpaw, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I kick in the ring. I don't know, you know, I just do my thing. It's really no science to the way I do this. You know, it's really, really no science to LL Cool J. I just do what I gotta do. I do what I feel. The way I got on Def Jam was, it really wasn't a Def Jam. It was um, Def Jam Productions had put out a record by a guy named Tila Rock. And it was, um, I believe it was being distributed by Spring something, some, le some label, I don't remember what label. Anyway, you know, Rick Rubin didn't want to put another record out on that label because he had problems getting his money from the distributors. So he decided to form his own label. So he went to Russell with the idea. Russell tossed it around and wasn't really too interested when he heard the first demo. So we went back in the studio and made another record called I Need a Beat. Russell liked that record, so they formed the label. And I put my 12-inch out, and the 12-inch started doing good. It was getting requests on some of the radio stations around the country, and it was do really doing all right. Video was definitely a big part of this. The proof is Crush Group. I mean, you know, that's video. It's film. It was in the movies. But at still, you know, that was the first time the public seen me doing my thing on film, seen me doing my thing. And we are back. Mm. Once again, it's your boy, 12 Kyle. This is the 12 Kyle podcast. And we're talking about LL Cool J's mama said knock you out 30 years later. Mm. I got eclectic in the building. Mm. And yep. And he is the fifth letter made. <laughs> as I mentioned before the break, man, we're going to we're going to break down the tracks, man. So uh, obviously. In case you did not know, this entire album is produced by one Marlon Williams. You may know him as Marley Marl. Um, before we even start talking about the album and the lyrics and everything like that, E, your thoughts on the combination of LL and Marley Marl and Marley Marl as a producer overall in hip hop? Well, overall, as a producer in hip hop, I mean, I'm a huge fan because Juice Crew. Yep, he's <laughs> called the Juice. Yes. So, I mean, if it wasn't <clears throat> if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had Shantae. So, um, 
and if it wasn't really for Shantae, we wouldn't have Marley because she also put him on the map. But anyway, um, the the parents see here's the thing um, in ninety, and even even before that in eighty four, eighty five with Shantae, it was you only looked at um, you only looked at Marley as the DJ. You didn't even think about him as a producer. Mm-hmm. Um, and and back then. Um, producer didn't matter. Nobody gave a damn. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> so it wasn't like, yo, who produced? No one, no one, who, no one knew. No one cared. When when LL shouts at Molly Molly, like, oh, he must be doing the scratching. <laughs> no one cared who produced or mixed a song in the eighties and the nineties. It was just who was rapping, who was the DJ. Oh, and that's their boy rapping. That was it. Nobody cared. And also, the, the the producer didn't care if you knew that they produced it. They were like, I'm getting paid. Record. I don't, that's not, no one, the the ego mm-hmm. wasn't there for that. So, um, I, to tell you the honest truth, I didn't think anything at the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, as far as I knew, he did the remix for Jingling Baby, and okay, all right. I guess he did something on every song, but <laughs> when you because you read the you read the line of those, right. that, oh, no, that's it. No, no, I can't. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah same here, man. Just of being a fan of Marley Malls, man. I thought it was I thought it was dope that they got together and did this. But like you said, it wasn't. It, it's kind of hard to 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 think back, as in. LL and Marley Mall as a team because like you said I mean some of the we we know who produced some of the greatest hits you know in this era but the producer or whoever made the beats or whatever the case may be it wasn't really they weren't celebrated like that like you said if they were the DJ yeah um but you know no I mean and and if, <laughs> I'll put it like this a lot of people didn't know that, you know, well, not hip hop heads, but a lot of casual rap fans didn't know that Marley Maul produced, you know, uh, tracks on Paid in Full. Um, yeah, except for his ego was so big, he scratched Marley <laughs> in, the, in the middle of fucking shit that Rakim didn't even know about until he heard it. Like, yeah, what, what is this? <laughs> so, but so, yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so the album starts off track one, mm. booming system man what a way to come out the gate man what what was your thoughts on uh booming system i'm gonna tell you what i thought what i thought was yo he used the invoke beat. <laughs> right 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 <laughs> right um and you know we were done it was like all right man we just gonna listen to this song <laughs> so we didn't even need another song. This song was so dope. Because also, people weren't just doing that. The, the hold on was crazy, and you know, but people weren't really using the full track from another popular at the time R and B song. And so that was kind of a, a new thing. Um, and the funny thing about this song is he keeps telling you he's fronting. <laughs> and, and it's not dope to front, but he was being honest. 
This is what people did. Mm-hmm. If you had your system, if you had your, your, your Serwin Vegas and your Blau Punks, you had your pullouts, you know, and you riding around playing your shit obnoxiously loud, your, 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 your trunk rattling, you're front. You want people to watch. You want people to see. And he's come a long way because he he, he used to um, um, kick his volume way past 10 on his radio. Mm-hmm. And he would have got a summons, but he ran away. Now he's in a car. Again, understand, he didn't have a car on radio. <laughs> <laughs> he had a radio. Yeah. And now he has a car. But um, love the song. And it takes... It, it takes him. It takes you to mature a little bit before you really understand exactly what he says in the beginning. It's funky because you heard it from hearsay, mm-hmm. a jam that you love that don't be getting no airplay. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth. Mm-hmm. This is how you heard. This is how you know something is dope because people listened to it and was like, "Yo, you, you have this. you have to hear this." It's not on the radio. You're not going to hit. No one's going to force you. No one's going to keep playing it so many fucking times <laughs> that you're like, you damn, love it. now I know all the words. I guess the song is dope. Uh, but no, you heard it from hearsay. It's on the radio, man. And 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 it's so dope. You, you just want to drive around and, and, and bump it so everybody can hear it and see he's fronting. He wants attention when he's riding by and the girls be on his jock because his system's fly. So he's giving you uh, a ode to the car system just the way he gave you an ode to the radio. He's giving you an anthem for riding and whatever was hot in the streets, he was giving it to you. People don't think about it that way, but that's what he's doing. He first gave you the radio, now he's giving you the car stereo. Goat. <laughs> this dude. <laughs> man, I agree a thousand percent what you said, man. I, I think one of the things that always stuck with me with this track was that, yeah, he was really a and, and I guess particularly if you weren't around this era right here of the 90s I, like you said I was in high school too so it was really about your cars and your system if you had a system whatever you were playing in your car you were you were bumping now I didn't have I had access to a car but I wasn't playing a whole bunch of loud music in my mama's uh Nissan Sentra <laughs> but um but yeah you wanted to have your trunk rattling and a song like this like you said, first of all, you know, the the in vogue sample or whatever like that from Hold On. And I mean, he wasn't biting. I mean, nobody never said, well, LL, you bit in vogue. No, nah, this shit was bang. Because at that particular time, you really didn't have rappers using R&B samples or anything like that. And and that really didn't even feel like an R&B sample, really. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I love this track, man. This is one of those joints that never gets old. It always takes me back to 1990 and how I felt about, you know, just riding around. And I remember <laughs> when he's when he starts spelling out the words. Man, come on. The first time I heard, I was like, he misspelled something. Because <laughs> <laughs> damn sure don't spell chilling. <laughs> I had to listen. I'd rewind it, man. And, and, and I think that was one of the things that made me love this album was that for for those of you who are younger there was a thing called the rewind button and when somebody said something that was dope 
you had to go to the rewind button and hit rewind and hear it again. And um, th- there's a lot of rewinds on this album. I'll just put it like that. Man, and unless, because I know you want to go to the next day. Go ahead, go ahead. But unless you had the single, you didn't know what they censored. Mm-mm. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. They tell me don't drink and drive or say what is this. <laughs> pass the Heineken <laughs> and mind your business. Roll up a fat one and pass it around. Lay back, hypnotized to the funky sound. Hey, man. L- LL's been on... Uh, <laughs> beer and weed since inception mm-hmm. but he's so smooth with it you never he said it in rock the bells on radio but nobody mm-hmm. peeped it nope it's if, if you go back and listen to rock the bells when they start scratching he said what do you know earl rolls the weed i go to the store and get old gold so all you crappy looking nappy headed girls get back because there's a 10 to 1 chance that you might I get smacked back. <laughs> but people don't know what he said inside that scratching unless you really listen. Mm-hmm. He said, Earl rolls the weed and I go to the store and get old gold. And now he's <laughs> past the Heineken. Mind your business. And what's weird was like, I didn't, I, I'm pretty sure at that particular, again, I was in high school. I didn't drink. So I didn't know what a Heineken was. Yeah, I knew what that was, but it was just, I didn't know what, I didn't know what, uh, <laughs> Roll up a fat one. <laughs> so, Roll up a fat one and pass it around. Now, the only reason why I do that was because of the Cheech and Chong movies. Of course, of course. And then we get to track two. Mm. Around the Way Girl. Shouts to Big Les in the video. That is, well, yeah, I mean, the song and the video are just out of here. That, I can't. The white girl in the suspenders. I mean, the uh, the, the the overalls. Oh, she was. I don't even like white girls. She was cute though. She was cute. Like you said, big legs. Oh my gosh, big legs look so good in that video. Um, nah, the beginning of the video with the the fucking tryouts. Yes, I wanted a round the way girl. You gave me what uh, round the way souffle. I want a round the way souffle. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, all right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you you're good. Um, man, this this song, man. I love it man what, what what were your thoughts on uh, around the way girl man um love the sample um the sample reminded me uh, listen all right i'm showing my age again um but if you're a hip-hop fan and you've heard waterbed kev mm-hmm. <laughs> come on come for freak time baby um so the the so the sample's crazy and literally what he was fucking describing were the women we all wanted and saw (laughs) also let it be known let it be known (laughs) (laughs) i had to put that in there all right all right no i hate that guy but um (laughs) back back then it was i been at the bus stop Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, I'm trying to get you, somewhere. You weren't a scrub. <laughs> you weren't ridiculed. I'm saying that so much so. Hey, I'm going to do a song about the girl that I want that's standing at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to do a song about her. Um, nah, I love the song. Um, um, but yeah, everything you said, man. Honey coated complexion using Kame. Who knew that years later Kame was going to be also a dope song? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Rayon silk or maybe even denim. <laughs> really I love when you could just when you could just when you could rhyme about whatever the hell you wanted and it didn't have to depending on how you look at this. Mm-hmm. But he did a whole song about women, but it was it was an ode to him. It was he was he, he was propping him up. He was mm-hmm. like, yo, these are the Man, I love you. <laughs> he <was> like, <laughs> man, he was like, I love all you women, man. All of you. Uh, uh, Lisa, Angela, Emily, and Renee. <laughs> so, yep. he, he didn't down nobody. Right. He, he, he didn't objectify me. He didn't say anything about putting nothing in him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't say nothing about... He didn't have sex with him one time. Nope. His entire Not song. at all. Not at all. Bigging him he up. No, he didn't say no nothing bitches, about that. No hoes, no nothing. He didn't say nothing about the breasts. He didn't say nothing about the ass. <laughs> this was, you know, this was one of those songs that, particularly as it got more and more uh, airplay, was that it was a song that was an ode to women that I think a lot of women, maybe women who didn't necessarily listen to rap or hip hop at the time, could pick up on. So, like, you could hear this on the radio in the car with your mom, and your mom be like, "Yo, who is this? Oh, is that is that the LL boy? Oh, he he's good." Not cheap or petty, you're ready for loving, you're real independent, so your parents be bugging. (laughs) Come on, man. Now now you gotta say you petty. Now you got, nah, the song, the name of the song is I'm petty. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nah, man, come on, man. This is incredible, man. You you could make a case that this is a top 10 hip hop song. You 100% can. And the, the main reason why you can say that, GOAT. <laughs> so we moved to track three. <laughs> yeah, because we just got to let him roll, man, because this, this is his his show. Um, <laughs> Eat him up, L. Chill. <sighs> man, listen. This, as I'm listening to this album, when he gets to eat him up, El Chill, I was, I was out of here. I was like, yo, this, I mean, cause this remind, and, and not that booming system around the way girl don't remind me of, you know, early LL, but this for me, I, I can't speak for you and maybe I'll get your perspective on it. This took me back to like radio. Mm-hmm. Just that, that bravado, that arrogance, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I could literally, and especially listening to it now, I could just like see him rapping this and with like a little smirk on his face, like I'm dope and you know, I'm dope and I'm going to continue to tell you that I'm dope and you're going to eat the shit up. <laughs> What's your thoughts on uh, eat him, eat him up. El chill. Um, at the time of getting this album and probably if I'm really honest with you, Right now, mm-hmm. it's my favorite song on the album. <laughs> <laughs> I when I heard, I was like, "Yo, this shit is crazy." It reminded me of um, walking with the Panthers, smoking doping, mm-hmm. and word. But the chill, chill. <laughs> Man, come on, man. Yeah. I write I write rhymes that shine like lipstick. So much material, but not materialistic. Yes. 
And you know what was what always got me, man? The the background. Eat them up, L. That took me back to like remember how at that particular time when you were rhyming and your boys were backing you up. There was nobody singing no hooks. There was nobody, uh-huh. you know, that was just your boy. Eat them up, E. You know, like that. <laughs> That, yeah, man, you had to bake you up. Exactly, man. So that that that's I think that's why that that song resonates with me so much, man. It it took me back, even though this is 1990. That might have took me back to like 86, 87. Yeah, I mean, he continued the whole you know thing about now I'm back. Um, took a crack at a 40 and went to show him how you like me now, but you didn't before because you forgot I was raw. Shit. <laughs> nah, nah, he killed it on this song, man. I love this song. Um, yeah. And he, um, he gave us some um, Public Enemy sample. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they sampled it later and gave us the, um, what was that, the Five Stair Steps or some shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, nah, I love that song. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Then we move into track four, Mr. Good Bar. Man, yeah, another one. <laughs> I, I've probably, I've probably listened to this particular song more times than maybe, except for Eat 'Em Up, than any song. I don't know for some reason when I have because I got this song on like multiple playlists, mm-hmm. but Shuffle loves this song. Um, but <laughs> I love. So you be calling the request line? <laughs> or, nah, he's with me. Yeah, I like Bobby Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, come on, man. Who's doing shit like that Nobody. on songs? Nobody. <laughs> and it wasn't even like he was dissing anybody. It was just, just LL being LL. Hey, man. Joint, man. Honey, open up a bottle of Pandy. Better get half a piece of Cool J candy. <laughs> he brought back Cool J candy cool J from Good mm-hmm. And sweat the man with the master disaster break you like plaster plan. The cards on the table and my deal is dealt. I'm in the mood for a tuna melt. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> and I had no clue what a tuna melt was. <laughs> also, people see LL Cool J fanboys like me, if you want to call it that. The cards on the table and the deal is dealt is a line from I want you on on radio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, he, that That's where that came from. Mm. The, so he's talking to the chick on this song, but he uh, that was a line that he used on a girl on mm-hmm. I want you on his first album. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, yo. And then my man, and I can't make you. I sure wouldn't rape you. Nope. <laughs> wouldn't rape you. <laughs> Come, on, man. Come on. Yeah, man. That, and, and even, and that was something, like you said, that's subtle. You had to have known about the first album to catch that reference. Right. And he does that. He does, he did a, a few times on different albums, different songs and stuff like that, man. One of the things that I think LL always, and, and I think that speaks to his greatness. I think, um, yeah, like I said, I can't call him the goat, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why not. I mean, dude, at, at, at this point, at this point, it's just stubbornness, and you just being, you just being stuff. <laughs> and I understand. Look, I'm, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mention, but I, I know that you know, as he says, uh, six minutes of pleasure. Okay, now that you know, that I know you know, that I know you know, <laughs> that's the move. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I get oh, it. Oh man, then we get to track five, Murdergram. Live and rap mania. Just gave you bars. 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 And, and and I think this one was for 
the people that said LL felt again. I, I want to impress upon people like in between him finishing walking with the Panther, releasing walking with the Panther and whatever quote unquote backlash that there was, I didn't hear it. So maybe it was just me being a fan. I didn't know that people didn't receive walking with the Panther as well as I did. Again, I didn't think it was a, it wasn't a bad album to me. It was, you know, it was a very good album. And, and, and I don't think that was just me being a fan. I had a, I had a homeboy who didn't particularly care for walking with the Panther. And so he accused me of saying like, man, you just, you, you, you just being a fan. You just love LL. You, so you can't see the fact that this is not a good album. I didn't view it as such. I thought it was a good album. Is it as good as these, this album? Hell no, it's not. But I think a joint like Murdergram was a message that he wanted to send like yo if you if you had any doubts that i could still rap i'm gonna show you this was his second of three or four shots at cool modi on this <laughs> on this this particular song the first one was um uh oh shit this uh, song that we just did um yeah because he said uh, up uh, yeah how, how you like me now yeah yeah and so but then <laughs> this way <laughs> this is not the most egregious one we'll, that was the first single we'll get to that mm-hmm. but um <laughs> the rippers back you can't escape because one of my records will sell more than your whole tape <laughs> And then he brings the shit back again. I want beef. Bring on the rookies. I got more than just coochie cool cookies. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. This guy. This guy is fucking incredible, man. Yeah. He, um, he wasn't playing. He, he nah, really wasn't playing. He, he, he just. He didn't take a breath. was no hook. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> Beat you with bologna, stab you with salami. Because <laughs> when I get out, I get hot like pastrami. What is wrong with him? Get hot man? like and, and and again, I knew what pastrami was, but I never had hot pastrami before. But well, man, okay, this, this is why he's crazy, man. He because he was he's he wasn't in a bubble. Mm-hmm. He he understood what else was going on, and he was there to show I don't I don't I don't I don't care mm-hmm. I'm talking to you <laughs> or um what was the shit what was the shit um um when I'm on the microphone I want silence like Karis once stop the stop violence, violence. <laughs> like, I mean I am doing man now nah, fuck that I'm about to kill you <laughs> right this is what I'm here for I'm here to <laughs> lyrically murder you um yeah man I love that joint love that joint and again, we're five tracks in. No skips. At least not for me. Mm-mm, mm-mm, Track mm-mm. six, Cheesy Rap Blues. Listen. Speak <laughs> on it. Again, um, I also put, I can't give you props mm-hmm. and put you in the upper echelon of my rankings if you cannot tell a story and do not have multiple dope story rhymes in your catalog if you can't do that i personally can't put you in the top 
10, 15 of my rankings. So uh, maybe that eliminates a lot of people's favorites, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And I also don't care if Brenda barely knows her name. I don't count that as a story. <laughs> that was a good story. That was, was whack. Um, but but this, this riches to rags story mm-hmm. right here is so funny. It's funny on multiple levels. One, at the time, I didn't know what Run the Jewels meant. Yeah, none of us did. <laughs> but once I found out what Run the Jewels meant, I immediately remembered the first time I heard it and said, that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them there. Keep Run the Jewels. <laughs> Run the Jewels. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but this song... Um, this uh, this song will be um, on the Encyclopedia Hip Hop Podcast soon as I'm counting down uh, story rhymes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of the next ones coming up. Um, but the 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 he the song is about him not having any money anymore mm-hmm. as a rapper as him. Not like he was like, no, if I didn't get paid, I'd be that nobody, James. <laughs> 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 and the. the and him having money and didn't realize people was uh, using them or, or was fake. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so many things in this this shit. Um, my girl got a new man. I fixed his flat. So called friends at the jewelry store told me, Todd, come back when you get off tour. Uh, Soup as hell. I really regret it. And then the only thing I got in my pocket is bad credit. <laughs> Uh, what was my other shit? Um, uh, <laughs> my tank was on E, and that means empty. That Twinkie looks good, so Mister, don't tempt me. <laughs> I go to the, I go to the park. They want a baseball bat me. I go to the mall. They throw my old tapes at me. <laughs> I'm so horny, and every girl I know be like, he's so corny. <laughs> right. <laughs> he kills me on this fucking song, man. Ew. He said he had to um, get his get a job putting tips on shoelaces and putting a hole in donuts because when you're broke, you're middle name. So what? <laughs> <laughs> man, you know this this song, man. Just really, even looking back on it now, it made me think about you know, like you said, it's a it's a story rhyme, but is he writing? Was he writing from the perspective of like, okay, if y'all like, he's making fun of people making fun of him falling off and and i think that's what i took from that as you know as i didn't i didn't get that back then because again the the idea of ll not being on top in 1990 was absurd to me but Mm. you know if 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 1990 was you know at the time of this recording in 2020 it would be on all the blogs and all of shade room and you know ll's falling off and all this stuff like that and so he would in 2020 he would come out and address this in a rhyme and um but like you said, man, it, it goes back to storytelling, the ability to tell a good story and keep people engaged in what it is that you're saying, man. And I think, you know, LL is from that. He's cut from that cloth and, and that era of you got to have a dope story, rhyme, And this is one of them. And the shit is, it's about him. It's mm-hmm. not like, let me just make some fictional shit up and just start rapping about it. It was like, nah. This man, if 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 women like a man with a body, it's not mine because they be walking past me like I'm a stop sign. <laughs> he, he talking about him like nah, about but, but you all built the muscular shit. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't got no money. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> man, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> Cheesy Rap Blues. That was track number six. Then we get to track seven, Farmers Boulevard, our anthem featuring Big Money Grip, Bomb, and HIC. Man, what did you think about that? High C. I liked it. This is this is back when, again, um, kids, I'm only speaking to you for now, for right now. There was a time mm-hmm. when someone's album was coming out, no one asked who's on it. Right. No one asked who's the features. No one asked who are the producers. No one cared. No one asked could I be on your album. No. <laughs> The only people that were on your album were your friends. That's it. Because you knew them. They didn't email you their verse. <laughs> you didn't do interviews and they say, oh, that was a great song. How'd that come together? Um, how are you and such and such? Well, I've really never met them. <laughs> but you just won a Grammy for the greatest song of all time. Yeah, I don't know that guy. So um, <clears throat> back then, if you had a crew, if you had like the Juice crew, you had a posse, you had people that you knew, the native tongues, things like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you would have a posse cut, and it would be typically one of the last songs on the album. So much so, the uh, NWA, the last song, mm-hmm. ATL, it was called the last song, the grand finale. They mm-hmm. were, they were always, it yep. was always like the last song, <clears throat> and it were people that you knew. Now, if you didn't have a crew, a lot of times, just get your boys. Yep. <laughs> like, hey, I grew up with them. He actually said it in the song. Well, uh, Molly Maul did. Said, hey, let's get some of the MCs we used to kick it with back in the day. He's like, yeah, bet. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me introduce the song. And, 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 and that's what he did. And not only did he, it let it, it let you um, give your boy some shine because think about it. Say you you grew up LL Cool J, mm-hmm. and you used to rhyme with LL Cool J, and then LL Cool J becomes LL Cool J, <laughs> right? And, and you still mark, it's <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> you know. And like three, three, four albums in, you you somewhere at the bar, like yes, my man. We used to like. Is he? Right. <laughs> no, yeah, we used yeah. to rhyme together. Oh, so you rhyme too? And so then he come back like you can be like, nah. Put on put on track seven. Yeah, that's me. I told you. I just I had three kids and I had to go fucking work at the steel mill. I don't know. I can't <laughs> rap no more. <laughs> no, he you know, he blew up. But nah, he was giving your man some shine and, and making them not feel all better. Like, wait a minute, hold on, man. I'm you know what? You're right. We got a Marley track. Go ahead and rhyme. Mm-hmm. I got you. I'm gonna put it on my album. Mm-hmm. I'm back in the streets now. I'm back outside. And so, um, and for me, I don't think they did so bad, man. Um, nah, they held it on. Bomb killed it. Big money. High, nah, uh, nah. I mean, for for at the time and for what they were, you know. Nah, I'm I'm rolling. Yeah. No. No. They. This isn't. This isn't a bad track at all. And I mean, like. It's a lot to get on a track with LL because, like you said, we don't know who these guys are. They're from his crew. But at this point, LL Cool J is four albums in. And I'm not going out on a limb by saying at this point in time, 
he was the best rapper in the game. I don't think that's a stretch. You also, it also wouldn't be a stretch to say at this time, and this is how you want to look at it, but at this time, he could have had any fucking body he wanted on this album. <laughs> All he had to do was make a phone That's call. It. All he had to do they would have came. Wait, like, nah, this is my, my man's, this is what we're going to do. And those are the only people outside of Marley Mall on this album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that is so true. That is so, so true. And then we get the track eight, the title track, Mama Said Knock You Out. Um, this one this one was produced by uh, Marley Mall and Bobcat. Bobby Irving. Um, again, we touched on a little earlier, man. Love this song. This this song, I remember, we just kept playing it over and over and over again, and it got on the radio. And then when you saw the video... I hated the video. I liked the video, man. What, what, what didn't you like about the video? I don't know, man. You know what I think it was? I'll tell you what I think it was. I think... I wanted like a cheesy rap blues video. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, you know. I just, I just like I just wanted like I wanted to eat them up L video. Like this is you black and white. You, black, you just, there's nothing to this video. But it you was know. LL coming back. I don't, nah, it's, all right. <laughs> it's okay. Nah, but I mean, come on, you still passing the old gold, so it's cool, man. No doubt. No doubt. Um, because of this song <laughs> so um, people that for people that don't know me mm-hmm. um, that growing up listening to hip hop and stuff I've been conditioned to I'm triggered by certain words and certain phrases mm-hmm. and when I hear them I have to say something it's almost like uh, whatever those letters are um, that people have uh, conditioned um um, but anytime someone says damage, I gotta go, uh, <laughs> and I gotta say destruction, terror, and mayhem. <laughs> if, I, if, if I hear the word damage, I have, to, I have to say damage. destruction, terror, and mayhem, and, and go, uh, right at the same damage. <laughs> and this is, I've been like this forever. I remember when I was, um, I was working somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I had to catch the bus. I had to catch the bus to go to the work. I was at the bus stop, and it was this lady talking to another lady, and they were being real sassy. Okay. And she was telling a story about how somebody, I guess, had her all fucked up. <laughs> oh, shit. And she was like, yeah. And then I told her, I ain't the one. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> But I I had to do that. And the funny thing was another dude sitting at the bus stop started busting out laughing because he knew what it was. I was like, no, thank you. At least it just wasn't me. But it was just so funny how it happened because we were just sitting there. She was like, yeah, da 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 And I told him, I ain't the one. da 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 And dude was like, Pfft. And they didn't even, they didn't get it. They just kept I would have been on the floor rolling. But that type of shit, I have to, uh, it's certain things, if I hear it, that's, it's a reflex. I have to uh, say certain shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's funny. That is too funny. Um, Then track nine. Milky. (laughs) Cereal. Baby. Milky. Cereal. Oh my gosh, I love this shit, man. LL breaks down 
cereal. And you know, one of the things that I, I love about this song is that the fun that he has in this style of rhyme and this style of breaking stuff down, we don't have that anymore. Like it, well, because people can't really well, rock I mean, well, anymore. True. They're not. Well, no, I I take it back. Um, a lot of them can rhyme. Mm-hmm. They just rhyme about the same things. But this is so clever. Nobody wants to rhyme clever anymore. Because no one. Here's the fundamental difference. <laughs> no one wants or cares. I'll, I'll say this. No one cares to be seen. As the best with the words. Yes, no right. one, no one cares to be seen as no one wants to be the king of rap or no one wants to be the greatest. They don't they don't care if they're seen as nah. Mm-hmm. Now they do like it when someone says that person has bars. Mm-hmm. But what that means in these days is oh, that person can rhyme just like everybody else and says <laughs> the same thing as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's cool. But when you Again, this is this this is, I almost I almost blame the perception of Jay Z on this. Okay. And I would say this because the perception was he doesn't write his rhymes, which we know he does. Of course he does. But you can't do stuff like milky cereal and not write it. You have you to have care. To, right. You have to care and be like, you know what? Oh, I got a good idea. Nas can't do rewind. Nas did a song and did a story backwards. backwards. Creativity and thoughts like this that goes into songs, no one cares about that anymore, except for a certain few. Mm-hmm. So you don't have things like this anymore because it's not important. He did stuff like this so we could be like, yo, you know what he did? Right. Because <laughs> people care about, yo, you know what he did instead of, yo, that beat is, nah, did you hear that beat? Mm-hmm. What, what, what did he say? I don't know what he said. He said something about fucking some bitches. But, <laughs> so, nah, this, I mean, go. This is, and this is when we speak to lyricism. I mean, we, we talk a lot, when we talk hip hop, we talk a lot about lyricism. It, you don't have to necessarily be about rapidy rapidy raps and, and and just kind of rapping over people's head, but just to make something that's simple and make it clever. And when you, I think when you make stuff that's that is clever like this, when you replay it years later, it's still as good as entertaining as it was thirty years ago. I still get the same enjoyment out of this particular song. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. I still get incredible. the same. I still get the same enjoyment out of listening to this song as I did in 1990. And I think that's that my daughter. So save your crooning. You better find another bowl of cereal to stick your spoon in, Milky. <laughs> cereal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then there was pebbles. Times was rough. She was turning tricks just to get a cocoa puff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, man. This this is my joint. This is my joint right here. Uh, then we move to track 10, um, Jingling Baby, which Jingling Baby actually was on uh, Walking with the Panther. But this is Jingling Baby remixed, but still jingling, um, but still jingling, still jingling. <laughs> did you did you feel any kind of way about Jingling Baby being on Walking with the Panther and then the remix being on Mama Said Knock You Out? 
Mm, no. Maybe. Two different songs. Me <laughs> so, um, uh, the, the, I mean, it's just the remix and he's putting on a song. <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to do it. I got to do a podcast about all of LL's names. Because <laughs> they thought Big Ellie was something. No, no, Big Ellie was not. Uncle L, yeah. Future of the Funk. Future of the Funk. Records are recorded minus all the, the junk. junk. But come on, man. <laughs> come on, the guys. I mean, I quit, man. The guy's great, man. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. And um and and the 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 um the fact that it's the remix, and he tells you it's the remix. Mm-hmm. There's a tour Molly Mall remix single love. <laughs> And we can't like, forget the video. Yeah, girl had the LLs on her titties. <laughs> Yo, what's the funniest part of the video? Um, was it hanging up on old boy? Yes, but why was <laughs> it funny? With the brick phone. <laughs> okay, this is why it was so funny. Because he hung up on him so hard, he later up showed in the video with a bandage <laughs> with over a his bandage ear. On his ear. <laughs> It's little shit like that, man. Because oh, <laughs> they I never wanted... mentioned it. No, they no. never mentioned it or brought it to the fact that you just saw exactly. with a bandage over his ear because he hung up on him so hard. Exactly. And I'm like, damn, man. Keep in mind, folks, this, and you got to see the video, but he had the, the, the brick, the big brick phone. This Those were the first cell phones. So, like, you had yeah, to have exactly. mad money to have a cell phone. Nobody, Johnny Blow on the streets like us, we, we didn't have cell phones. So, that wasn't even happening. And it wasn't even really a cell phone. It was a car phone. Yeah. <laughs> it was a car phone. It was, you know, specifically for you and your car. But, um, man, I, I remember watching that video, man. I, I always wanted me that same yellow hat that he had uh, in, in the video, man. Yeah, he had the, that matching turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's my, girl, my girlfriend on the, on the song, though. Who's that? I'm a legend. On top of that, I'm living. Now you look booty <laughs> like that bitch, Miss Givens. <laughs> hey, man. Come on, man. I know she did the, She divorced uh, Mike, man, but come on, man. Wait, did, he, did he say bitch or bum? Uh, depending on what version okay, you got. Okay, yeah. My version said bum, Miss Givens. Okay, wow. wow. Hmm. Never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can understand why he would, why they would change it, why they freshened up a little bit. Okay, okay. Um... It's, it's so sad because he was Tyson's boy, and then Wyclef ruined everything. <laughs> Blame Clef. Um, track eleven. Hold on, hold on. Also, what's up? I'm gonna deliver and give a speech with vigor. Pass That's the wine cooler, you big black. <laughs> LL was drinking and smoking on this album. Uh, and we didn't know, even know it. But past the wine cooler, wine you cooler. big black nigga. <laughs> hey, man. Yo. Baby, listen, um, kids, they used to have, have legit fun mm-hmm. in hip-hop and yeah. making songs. It, it used to be a thing. Yeah, yeah it, it, it was a thing, for real. It wasn't shoot them up, stab them up, kill them on every song. Oh, man. Good, good. As you can tell by listening to this podcast, you can hear... The memories coming back for us, and then all of this stuff is fresh because it, it still resonates, and that, and ultimately 
that's what you want music to do. You want it to resonate some 30 years later. Well, that's what makes that what makes a lot of it's hard to define. It's hard mm-hmm. to quantitate what makes a classic a classic. I think that's part of it. Years down the line, I can't imagine. Even though "To Pepper Butterfly" is one of the greatest albums of all time, you know. <laughs> I, I, just, I just can't imagine in thirty years people just. Hey, thirty hey, years so from you now, said, uh, miseducation of Lauren Hill, man. I'm, just, I'm telling uh, you. Uh, so, so you, so you was going to the next song, Zion. Jesus Christ! We talk about Zion. Zion doesn't even want to talk about Zion. <laughs> Fucking Zion. Zion like Skip. Oh shit! Um, track eleven, which is my personal favorite song on the album, to the break of dawn, bruh. <laughs> this is hip to me i mean i think on this one he ll took it back to radio he took it back to bigger and definitely gave you a little bit of walking with the panther he gave you a little bit of you know mama said knock you out hell he might have given you a little bit of mr smith and we mr smith was you know five years later (sighs) this he, he 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 gave it to him. He gave it to all of them. <laughs> all um, of them. And he, and he he made it a single. <laughs> this was the, people don't know. This was the first single. That, yes. Mama said, "Like wow, it wasn't." Yeah, this is the first single that was released. Yes. As as I said at the top of the show, people thought shit was sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, "Nah, here, say something." For those of you listening, this was actually a diss track. It might not sound like one. Oh no, it sound like one. Then <laughs> this this is a diss track, and he dissed three different rappers. Yep. <laughs> took, hey, it, took it straight to him. Who got it? The I don't even know who got it the worst. Um, Kumo D might have got it the worst, but Hammer. <laughs> yeah. Well, nah. I, I didn't get Kumo D the worst. He, I think I think it went. I think he it called went. Modia burnt up French fry. That wasn't cool. That wasn't cool, man. That wasn't cool. Hello, were you referring to his darker shade? We don't appreciate that. I got to know that had them Star Trek shades on. <laughs> said Star Trek shades. He said he had the nerve to though. Oh my god. Skin needs lotion. Teeth need Colgate. Colgate. <laughs> Yo, that was the worst thing you could say about somebody back in the day. Talk about their teeth and talk about them being ashy. Because the last thing for for those of you listening who aren't black, the last thing you want to be known as is ashy. Listen, man, and Simon is when he didn't shoot anybody. Mm-mm. No, there was no mention a, of guns a, or anything. But this was just so personal. It was about your looks, your girl, your your. <laughs> you just didn't care. You didn't have to say that about Darlene. I mean, I, I understand though, I mean, I, I because it. me too. But <laughs> but get rid of that yuck mouth smile, cause brother, you ain't got no style. Keep on. <laughs> to the break of dawn. If it wasn't for that verse, we wouldn't have had the classic Cube song. Yeah, man. I mean, are you getting done without Vaseline? Are you getting done He's, without Vaseline. He put it in the song. He said that first. Yeah. So so for those of you scoring at home, he disses. Cool Mo D. Who it verse is, one. Yeah, verse one. 
Verse two, he disses MC Hammer. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. <laughs> Give me a lighter. Woof. Now you cut loose from that Jerry Curl juice. Cool J is back on the map. And when I see you, I'm going to give you a slap. That's right. A little kick for that crap. Because my old gym teacher ain't supposed to rap. <laughs> I was on floor yeah. when I heard that. Because yeah. my old gym teacher. Yeah. Call the man an old gym teacher. <laughs> Come on. It's still funny now, man. It is. It is. It is still funny to this day. And I mean, this and Ice-T and his girl, because, you know, Ice-T's girlfriend, Darlene, at the time appeared on his album cover, half naked. Yeah. Cool J, I mean, he, he, he pulled no punches. I mean, like, he, he went at Ice-T and his girl. Yeah. And then, years later on I shot you, mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. What the fuck? I thought I conquered the world, Bro. crushed Bo D, Hammer, yeah, and Ice T. Girl, hey man, this go, man. All right, man, I'm done, man. What, <laughs> what are we doing? Man. Why are we having these discussions, man? So yeah, <laughs> the for, continuity <laughs> for me to the Break of Dawn is my favorite track on the album, and that's saying a lot because I, I have I, I love this album. Now hold on before you before you go to the next song. No, go ahead. Ice T though. <laughs> I can show you I'm immune to the rump room tunes, you little hip hop raccoon. Cody <laughs> raccoon. Because he had the rat tail. And he looks like a raccoon. <laughs> that you know, that was tough, man, because I like I, I well I still like Ice T, but that 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 was tough for me, man, because Ice T was my guy, man. I was like, a brother on, with man. a perm deserves to get burned. <laughs> Here's five dollars. Catch a taxi cab. Take your rhymes around the corner to the rap rehab. Keep on <laughs> to the break of dawn. And again, that, I mean, there's no, there's no reference of I'm gonna shoot you. There's no reference. I'm, I'm gonna stab you. I'm not gonna, you know, pull you, you know, bang your nuts with a rusty screwdriver. None of that stuff is mentioned on this, on this track. And he lyrically cuts up MC Hammer, Ice T, and Kumo D. And didn't say their names technically once. No, no. He said, how they stand beside me. I'm cool. I freeze ICE. It it, it was understood. You you didn't have to. On your trail and I'm going to cut that ponytail. You're disobedient to wrong ingredients. (laughs) All right, man. All right. Okay. Go ahead, man. Yeah, man. Love that joint. Love it. Love it. Love it. Then we move to track 12. Six minutes of pleasure. Another banger, man. What would you think about this one? I love this. I know people that didn't like this song. They didn't like the singing, but I was like, I love that. I, I grew to like it. It wasn't one of my favorites, I, but it, I grew to like it a lot. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why I liked it off top, and <clears throat> a lot of it was that fucking that fucking shit I said earlier. Mm-hmm. That, okay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, okay, now that you know, I know you know that I know you know. And that's the move. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? But I like that. I know why you're here. I ain't saying nothing. It's just see, for some reason, I think I was, I might have been seeing a chick or something at the time. And it was just like, I get just like, when you don't want it, when you're around somebody and you just, 
you know, like you don't want to say nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ain't, oh, you don't have nothing to say to him. Mm-hmm. And even though that's not what this song is technically about, it was just that would be playing in my mind. Like, I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, but and dudes saying their asses off on that song too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, man, he he dropped some shit in there though. I'm peeping your baby. I'm holding back. I'm not letting go because a fool doesn't have a shoulder to cry on. So give me a kiss. You can surface whether you like a mister or a miss. <laughs> like, hey, man, what? Hey, hey, whatever, whatever. whatever. <laughs> this is 1990. Yeah, man. He was progressive. Yeah. Goat. Goat. <laughs> oh, man. Then the next track, track 12, one that, excuse me, track uh, 13. When that resonates to this day, illegal search. All right now, before you before you wax poetic about illegal search, I want you I want you to um, understand and let the listeners um, mm-hmm. realize something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neither one of us groaned or moaned or got pissed off about shit, and we're on track thirteen. Yes. 13. <laughs> okay, thirteen. You know, people are dropping seven song albums that we like. Mm, two <laughs> of them was yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> One of the possible. Track 13. Track 13. Right. Illegal Search, man. Um, like I said, still resonates to this day when you listen to it. LL gets talks about getting pulled over by the cops, getting arrest, uh, arrested and harassed by the cops. Something that we all can, can unfortunately relate to. And damn. it's a damn shame because that was 30 years ago. And 30 it's, years ago. <sighs> Very prophetic. I mean, it's even more mm-hmm. shittier now than it was back then. Shit, uh, <laughs> it seems it seems like only 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 the goat could do something like that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Your thoughts on the legal search, man? I, I don't. I think only the goat could do something thirty <laughs> years later, and it's still you could you could drop you drop this song as a single. People would be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? He probably he probably could re-release this song as a single right now and chart. What the hell are you looking for? Can't, can't a young man make, make, make money anymore? Man, come on, man. Come yeah, on. man. Yeah, yeah. So nah, this shit, this shit was crazy, man. Uh, I call it nice. You call it a drug car. I say disco. You call it a drug bar. Drug I say bar. nice guy. You call me Mister Good Bar. I made progress. You say not that far. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey man, illegal search. Yeah. Nah, man, this this shit is incredible. Is. Um, and again, yeah, he it was going on. It it wasn't as bad because it was just being harassed more than anything. Now people are just getting killed. Mm-hmm. But um, the mere fact that thirty years ago, <laughs> the there was no progress. Right. It got worse. Yes. It got worse. Much, but much it was, worse. But it was so bad 30 years ago that a prominent MC made a song about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was that bad then. <laughs> and it's worse now. And there's also, nobody can make a song like that now. Wait a minute. Also, understand this. Fucking fuck what you just said. There is no one making songs. No, no, no. Not like this now. Not even that they can. No one. This dude was making songs about the shit when it wasn't an epidemic and mm-hmm. all over the news and stuff. He felt a need to throw that out there. 
Now this shit is crazy, man. None of your favorite Lil, <laughs> Lil Youngs is made. They still make wet ass pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we can't, we can't make, we can't come together. We can't have a self destruction. We can't have all in the same and game. You know why? Because they suck. Well, that too. But you know what? You you also know you also want to know why? Because their guns are hot. Oh no. <laughs> Well, my guns are cold. Guns are cold. <laughs> well, you gotta do the hand motion too. <laughs> oh, oh. oh my gosh. Yeah, man. But I, like you said, that speaks volumes. The fact that LL, and again, folks, this was 30 years ago. He was talking about illegal searches by cops. And this was before cell phones. So it wasn't being recorded. There wasn't a pandemic. There wasn't all of this other stuff, racial inequality. That stuff was happening and he was rapping about it in this one song and it still, unfortunately, resonates to this day. Like he said, your favorite rapper, mm, he or she's not doing that today. Um, Last but not least, track 14 rounds out the album, The Power of God. What'd you make of this song, man? Seven Flutter made. Hey, man. Um, It was a surprise. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because you know a lot of he's never he's never went the um the 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 god the god route mm-hmm. um, overtly on songs, but in a goat like move, <laughs> goat like move, he made it a dope song. Mm-hmm. He did. I mean, I, I, listen. <laughs> When you can go from calling somebody a hip hop raccoon <laughs> to 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 telling the cops yo chill and then giving some people some uplifted spirituality, it's, it's goat level shit, man. What what are we supposed to do, man? What are we trying to do here, man? Just hey, the seventh letter made, man. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I, I will say this: this this song, it surprised me. Um, I enjoy it now more so than I did back then. But even back then, I don't think it was bad. I thought it was. I thought it was. You know, it was. It was a a great way to end the album. But um, like you said, we we had not heard or seen LL on that level as far as talking about any type of spirit spirituality or you know, um, the God body it, that type of mentality or anything like that. But Again, he forms the rhymes in such a way that even um, 30 years later, it's not preachy. It's not, you know, condescending. It's LL speaking to the people. You know, people walk around with their minds in the days, never take the time to stop and give praise. You're lucky to live in this world, even the starving boys and girls. Because life is a gift in itself, and only certain people are blessed with good health. I'm Uncle L, but you can call me Todd, and I can feel the power of God. Come on. Jesus the seventh letter made. <laughs> this dude, man. Come on, man. It's Uncle oh, L, man. Yeah. yeah. What was, we, I, if he's not the, who is then? Who, as, as, as the kids say, after listening to him, uh, Della, wise up, you little burnt up french fry. <laughs> and then, like I said, go to the, 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 the legal search. Then go to the power guy. Also, while shouting out um, uh, Angela and Pamela and Renee, as the kids say, 
Your favorite couldn't. <laughs> who could? Who could do this? Who who but him? This is true. I just, I just listen, if he's not every time people tell me that he's not the GOAT, I ask then a who. Well, he's not the GOAT, but then who? Rakim is the GOAT, man. Rakim but, hasn't had a career past that. But the like GOAT isn't album. measured by that. And, and you know what? It's, it's He hasn't even had a dynamic album like this one. I, I, I will say this. And, and Name you and I have dynamic talked, album. Name it. You and Name I have it. talked about it. Name Anybody, he's the greatest lyricist. Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely that. He's definitely that. He's, he's I crazy. think <laughs> this dude. He's not. Go ahead. This dude, LL Cool J, man, mm-hmm. you get no argument from me when 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 you speak of goat status because your mother know who Rakim is. If you say, yeah, "Hey, Rakim," your, mother, your grandmother know who Rakim. Of course, man. No, they no, they don't. She was she was she was right there for no. paying for. No, they know who LL Cool J. <laughs> I mean, LL's they, only they, been on TV for fifty-seven years. I don't know, man, because it's the goat. <laughs> the people only want the goat around. <laughs> Just say it. All right, man, before we get out of here, is there a track? Because we went through 14 tracks, right? Mm-hmm. There was no mention of any skips. No. Is there a track on here that, not saying that you dislike, but a track that you would take off the album? <sighs> I mean, if you want to make it, a, <clears throat> if you want to clean it up and make it a tight, concise album, mm-hmm. You could probably cut it at. You could probably take the last three songs off and stop it at to the break of dawn, because mm-hmm. that just sounds cool. That the last song is to the break of dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like Six Minutes of Pleasure, Legal yeah. Search, and The Power of God. So, um, I, to ask your question, nah, not really, um, because also. Um, what did not go said is this album was sequenced great. It, was. it started with it the was. booming system, like nah, we about to, we about to rock out, and it ended with some cool mellow power guy and just chill out, and that's it. It gave it gave you it, it hyped you up, and then it, it mellowed you out, and then it hyped you up again, mm-hmm. then it mellowed you out, then it hyped you up again. And then it took you out. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hi, boom, system, round the way, girl, chill, eat them up, bell, you chilling, Mr. Goodbar. Then murder ground, you killing it. And Farmers Boulevard, mama said, knock you out. Then you chilling again with milky cereal. <laughs> then jingling baby, come on. And then break it down, you're like, oh, shit, he killed everybody. And then six minutes of pleasure, look at search, power guide, you chilling again. Gives you a nice wave of emotion. No, no, it's just great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. I think um, if I was going to take one off. What'd you take off? Um, I, Mama said, like, no. Nah, I probably say, I, I would, and it's not even a bad track. Like I said, it's not a bad track. I'd probably take the power of God off, but. Fucking devil. <laughs> you hear that, God? Nah, nah. I Powered. K-Y-L-E. Nah, him. Nah. Um, but yeah, man, this this album, uh, it, this is I, I think it goes without saying this is a five mic album. Um, Let me ask you a question. This is a very go, important. Go ahead. This is a very important question. Um, like you said, we went through what we say thirteen tracks. Fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen tracks. 
and your opinion. I'm not asking anybody else's opinion. You're the only one on the show besides mm-hmm. me. How many classic songs is on this album? Hmm. Um. I want to see if we match. One, two. Five. Okay, what are your five? Uh, Booming System, mm-hmm. Roundaway Girl, uh, Mama Said, Jingling Baby, mm-hmm. and To the Break of Dawn. I can't argue. <laughs> now, now, I say that to say. Mm-hmm. Mm, let me see. Can you name? All right, look, I'm I'm we freestyling. He might not be able to answer this, mm-hmm. or he might be able to answer this. Is there a, a Sean Corey album with five classic <laughs> songs on it? Uh, off top of my head, Wisdom of no. Doubt doesn't have five classic songs. Class, on. No, class, cla- and when we and say, say good songs, I say classic. When songs. we say classic songs, we're talking about like. Iconic hip hop songs that are recognized. I.e., thirty years later, yeah. we're calling these still classic yeah. songs. Um, no, no, Reasonable Doubt doesn't have that, uh, and 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 that's and I don't think that's any knock to Reasonable Doubt, but I think not. I think part of it is is one is LL's greatness in putting this album together, and then the other part is is that the way that music was. You mentioned sequencing earlier. The way that music was constructed back then, you just had to put out dope shit. It wasn't like, yo, let's, because like I've I've spoken, you know, at nauseum about my disdain for ain't no nigga, you know. Even though that song's dope as fuck, people love that song. I, I'm I got tired. I'm of one it. of them. I, I I got tired of it really really quick. It's it's you're my right. least favorite song on Reasonable Doubt. Cause you're a hater. No, I'm not a hater. That said, but. I think the way that music was crafted and constructed and kind of packaged in 1996 when Reasonable Doubt was made as opposed to 1990, and we're only talking about a six-year span, the game had flipped. And I think, you know, when you look at a song like you and I spoke about Cheesy Rap Blues, it was about bars. Like, I think as we moved closer and further away from this era that LL dominated when we get to the mid nineties and the half of the nineties songs like that kind of got phased out because they weren't interested or at least the listening public and record labels, they weren't interested in, you know, songs that were clever, that were showed your skills, storytelling ability. I don't think that they wanted to hear that. So, um, so to answer your question, um, rewind didn't get the props that it should have, No, but okay. All right. So, um, and then I'm gonna let you wrap up the show. But mm-hmm. so we would agree that Rod Kim's "Paid in Full" has about six classic songs on it, right? No question. Okay, cool. After "Paid in Full," does he have a album that has, you don't know, um, has three? That, has that many? <laughs> the half of them yeah, have yeah, three. Yeah, classic songs. No, no, man. No, no. And it's very few. It's very few albums and artists mm-hmm. that would have that many. Okay. Classic song. So Right, 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 right. So but we would say no. No. All right. So um <laughs> I mean just off the top of your head, you know, we freestyle. Mm-hmm. 
Um, how many classic songs would you say is on uh, Bigger and Deffer? Mm, yeah, I don't know. What, yeah. two, three? Okay, cool. And, yeah, just throw it out. <laughs> yeah. What about a uh, radio there? <laughs> here he goes. Here he goes. I'm just asking questions. Like two. Like two? And, 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 I'm, and I'm, doing it right. I'm, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head. I'm okay, going off look, the top of my head. We'll say I can't live without a radio. Yeah. Rock the bells. Yeah, we won't say. Two. We won't say. We won't say. I need a beat. Or, no, no. You're right. All right, cool. But Rock kills the goat. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. hey, okay. Yeah, we yeah. just we can't name classic songs. <laughs> After pay the fool, we didn't yeah, say like, classic songs. We said who was the goat. Da, da, da. <laughs> all right, well, all right. You're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. So the greatest, the greatest basketball player of all time can average five points. You guys <laughs> okay. see what he's doing here. He's no, been, he's I'm been... using quantitative fucking mm-hmm. factual evidence. Mm-hmm. You are literally telling me like the greatest, the greatest football player of all time can only have like only get a touchdown yeah, a season. We're, we're we're talking That's about a. We're talking about, first of all, small sample size as far as albums because now you and I both know. But you can't get a goat if you got a small sample size of albums but, either. But again, you and I so, both know that LL's quality fell off after this album. You are right. To, well, I mean, not after this album. We, we still got Mr. Smith. What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, Mr. Smith was dope. Okay, so that's so the quality no. didn't drop. <laughs> but I mean, the, the album that followed this album was not okay. good. Okay, so... I love this conversation, man. So the thing is, if the album that fought this one f- fell off in quality, even though it also had, in my opinion, in two, cla- opinion. two classics on it. It did not. Backseat of my Jeep is not classic. Uh, no. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> even if, even if, even if, even if it did fall off after that, but then he came back with Mr. Smith. That's better than no albums at all. <laughs> like your your supposed go no albums. No, 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 no. I mean, no. It, it. Well, if you're still coming out with two or three classics versus someone's coming out with none, no, I don't I, know I, how. I, to... I won't say he's got none. No, after after fucking hey, don't you, sweat you, you. when you go through oh you, oh you say after well he 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 and Eric B didn't make any more albums after that he made an album yeah <laughs> but he had no classics I mean neither did LL oh so not nah, so not Hey Lover not I Shot You not Lounging okay my bad you know what you right you right he, he dropped shit <laughs> no he he put out a lot of great oh, he, songs he didn't make he didn't make doing it doing that in the classics let's okay. go back to what you said at the beginning great songs and classic songs are two different songs so doing that's not a classic oh that's a classic so what, what are we talking about yeah but that didn't what make we, him to go Hey Lover is not a classic no Hey Lover is not a classic Okay. Okay. Hey. All right. Hey. You. You. You answered the question. I asked the question. You answered it. <laughs> Somehow, Raquel is I a goat. I love this discussion. And ladies and gentlemen, this is. No one agrees with you, by the way. This this discussion has gone on for like what? <laughs> Ten years. You've never been correct. <laughs> no one agrees with you. Oh, if you would have said Jay Z, you would have had a better argument. No, I'm never saying Jay Z. But you would have had a better argument. You still would have been wrong. The man did Magna Carta, Holy, whatever. No, never. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Beyonce has a bigger rap catalog to rock him at this point. What are we doing? Stop it. Uh. So yeah, man. 
there it is. <laughs> we, we, we have wrapped it up. Uh, LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. Thirty Again, man, wow. 30 years later, uh, before we get out of here. What'd you say? I was four when it came out. <laughs> before we get out of here. E, man, tell folks where they can find you, where they can check out the podcast, where they can hit you up on socials and all of that. Man, if you don't know by now, man, don't I mean, even worry about right. it. Yeah, sure. yeah, I mean, but I mean, you know, we man. have new listeners. You know, it's millions I mean, and millions of people that listen each week. If so. they're new listeners, man, they know how to use Google, man, and Twitter. Go fucking type in my names. Club being lazy. Um, I'm sorry. Um, on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, um, eclectic podcast. That's um, E C L E C T I K podcast. Um, also at Tweet rhymes life. Um, if you if you feel so inclined, at one gotta go. Mm. Um, um, Insta on Insta slut. Um, <laughs> Insta slut. That's pretty much on Insta. <laughs> on Insta slut. What's my Insta slut? Um, uh, at eclectic. Uh, um, Encyclopedia hip hop pod, and um, um, eclectic. Discussion, discussion podcast yeah thank you because you don't know man i got too many yeah, i got you got a lot of joints man and then i was gonna do one for the trip nah I'm, i gotta relax man so 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 um yeah hit me up on all those follow follow on all those so you don't have to remember no more you'll just be following exactly and um uh, i just dropped a new joint so yeah, um, I got grand, you yeah well, you guys been listening. You already know it's 12 Kyle, 12 Kyle podcast on all social media platforms. Again, thanks for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. So for my man, Eclectic, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys on the next go round. 5,000. Bring on the moles and hoes. Don't snooze the doles because I'm ripping up shows. Hold your nose, dead bodies are around. I leave scratch marks under the tears of a clown. I write rhymes that shine like lipstick. So much material, but not materialistic. Imperial styles are used when the mic is lifted, the crowd is amused. Come with it if you feel you're full-fledged. Or yell Geronimo and jump off the edge. Your END is near when I appear. The stage is yours, but wait until the smoke clears. Rhyme sayer, and I'm here to lay a load. So watch a player when he's playing in player mode. Cause Uncle Well's bad and you're soon to say. Cause I've ripped the mic. I'm LL Cool J. Peace.